Some years ago, a preacher was having a children's sermon down front before the main sermon, and he began to tell the kids about the story of Jonah and the whale. Uh, he told the kids about the fact that God called Jonah to go preach in Nineveh, but Jonah didn't want to do that, so he went the other way. He got on a ship sailing away from Nineveh, but during that time, God brought about a storm, and they figured out that the reason why they were in the storm is because Jonah had been disobedient, so they threw him overboard. Jonah got swallowed by a whale, and that whale... Uh, took Jonah and threw him up on dry land so that he could now go preach where God wanted him to go. So the preacher asked the kids, what do we learn from that story? One little kid, real excited, raised his hand. He said, I'll tell you what, preacher, that just goes to show that even a fish can't stomach a bad preacher. So I hope it's not bad today. I hope, I hope in fact, it's, it's a pretty good sermon today for you but you know words you think about those words they sting sometimes you know kids they say out of the mouth of babes and sometimes kids are just honest and what they tell you you know it really is kind of negative but it really goes to your heart you know words can also be positive there were three store owners they had uh, three shops that were all in the same building with three entrances and one store owner down at the end put a sign up over his door and it said, year-end clearance. Well, all the customers started going into that one door. So the guy on the other end, he put a sign up and it said, uh, uh, annual closeout sale. Well, then all the people started going over there. So the guy in the middle, he decided he's going to put a sign up. He said, main entrance. So he got all the customers in his store. So words sometimes can have a positive effect. Today as we continue our sermon series, and we've called this Wisdom for the Journey, and that wisdom comes from words. It comes from God's words. And today as we get into the Bible, we're going to learn more about God's word. And I raise the question today, how is it that we find wisdom we need for life's journey? You know, how do we find that wisdom that we want to get that comes from God? You know, that wisdom is important. It's biblical wisdom. It's not the world's kind of wisdom. And we said a couple of weeks ago, wisdom is different from knowledge. Knowledge is just information. But wisdom is the good sense to know how to apply that information into our lives and especially God's wisdom to use as we go about our journey we call life. This one mother, her name was Joe Guerrero, tells about her little five-year-old daughter who disobeyed and was, did something bad. She had to go to her room, and mom went back to talk to her, and she sat down with her, and she said, Honey, uh, you've done something bad. And she said, I know, Mom, why do we do bad things? And her mom tried to think, How can I explain this to a five-year-old? put it in simple terms, and she said, well, sometimes Satan speaks to us, and we follow what Satan says instead of following what God says. And the little girl looked up through her sobs and big crocodile tears, and she said, but Mommy, God doesn't talk loud enough. And maybe it may seem like to you that sometimes God just doesn't speak loud enough. But you know, you got to do your part. you got to listen. And the way that you listen to God is to hear 
through God's Word. I'd like for you to turn today to the book of Psalms, Psalm 119. We're going to look at some more of this wisdom literature. It's all written in Hebrew poetry. It uh, doesn't rhyme, but there's relationship between the lines. And usually the lines just add, you know, each line adds a little something to the previous line. And uh, this particular psalm is unique in that it is an acrostic. It uses the Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And each, uh, there are 22 stanzas here, each made up of eight verses. And each of those stanzas begins with the next letter of the alphabet. So the Hebrew alphabet, you know, is the first letter is Aleph. If you have an NIV Bible, you'll see that word there and actually the letter. Then Beth is the second letter, Gimel and Daleth. I'm not going to go through a whole alphabet, but you get the picture. And so we're going to look at one stanza of this psalm today and what it says about God's Word, His communication to us. Now, in this psalm, the author, we don't know who it is, he didn't put his name in it, he uses different words for God's Word or God's message. He does use the word word, but he uses laws, statutes, commands, precepts, decrees, ways, and promises. If you look at verse 1 and 2 here, it sort of sets the tone. It says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Or in other words, the word of the Lord. Verse 2 says, Blessed are those who keep His statutes. That is, His words, His teachings. And seek Him with all their heart. So you have to put your heart into this to get the message that God wants you to have. So today we're going to look at verses 105 through 112, and we're going to begin today with just the very first verse there, verse 105. Read it with me. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. A lamp for my feet and a light for my path. You know, God's wisdom comes to us in the spoken word, the written word, and the living word. Now, he talks to us here about the word, but he, he, he says the word is a kind of light for us. But let's think about that word. You know, it comes to us in various ways. First, there is the spoken word of God. You know, before the Old Testament was written, God often spoke to his people verbally. He spoke to Abraham, uh, Adam and Eve, and he spoke to Abraham and Sarah. And he spoke to many of the biblical characters. You know, his voice came down from heaven and spoke specifically and gave them direction. Now, the Old Testament was written, and that was God's Word. And usually that was where people heard from God. But even after the Old Testament was written, God spoke verbally to some of his people. In fact, he said on one occasion, when Jesus was baptized, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And the Apostle Peter said he and James and John all heard the voice of God come from heaven and tell them to listen to his Son. Now, God doesn't so much use verbal communication with us today, though he does still speak. Sometimes he speaks as the Holy Spirit nudges us to do something. Sometimes he speaks through circumstances he lets us go through and, and we see his hand upon that and him working. Sometimes he places thoughts 
into our minds to help guide us and direct us. But that leads us to another way he speaks, and that is through the written word, what we call the Bible. It's 66 books. It's two testaments, Old Testament and New Testament. It's written by some 39, maybe more authors. Uh, all of it is inspired by one chief author, and that is God himself. Uh, he inspired the authors, the, the worldly authors, into what they wrote. And so it's important for us to trust what God has given us in his word. I read a quote. It comes from, of all places, an MTV political correspondent. Her name is Tabitha Soren. And Tabitha said, no matter how secular our culture becomes, it will remain drenched in the Bible. Since we will be haunted by the Bible, if we don't know it, doesn't it make sense to read it? Now, I don't know if we'll be haunted by the Bible. Certainly might be if we don't read it. But it makes sense, she's saying, to read the Bible because it is God's Word. It's His written Word to us. There's a secular writer who's pointing people to look at God's Word, to read the Bible. I love the story of two college students, freshmen, moved in, didn't know each other, same dorm room, but they began to talk to each other. They became friends. And soon, one discovered that the other uh, student was a Muslim. The first student was a Christian. And he said, you know, I've never read your book, the Koran. Maybe we ought to get together and read the Bible and read the Koran and, and we'll get to know each other and we'll read the Scriptures together. And the, the Muslim agreed. And so they began to meet every week and they'd read the Bible and they'd read the Koran. And in the second semester they were in class together, the Muslim converted to Christianity and became a Christian. And he kept reading in the Bible, and they kept studying together. One day, the Muslim burst in, well, he's a Christian now, but he burst into the dorm room, and he said, that's no fair. You didn't tell me that the, 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 the Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. You didn't tell me your Word was alive and that it carried the power of God in it. My word's just a, My book is just a normal book. And so he was affected by the Word of God, which there's power in that written Word. But then there's also the living Word. In the first chapter of John, the Apostle John writes that the Word, uh, the, the word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth as God's Son, but God's Word made alive. And when Jesus speaks, it is the Word of God. In fact, in Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. So when Jesus speaks, it is the Word of God. And here's the key, though. We've got the spoken word, the written word, the living word, but if you think God is speaking to you, it will never contradict the Bible, the written word of God. And so we've got to look and know the word of God. It helps us. It is God's, as we said, as the author here uses, his laws, his statutes, commands, precepts, decrees, ways, 
It's promises. It is God's wisdom given to us. Now, the author tells us something else here about the Word. He said the Word lights up the way for our journey. That's what the text says. It says it's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. You know, you, you think about light. Light is amazing. We have two kinds of light. We have what scientists call natural light. That comes from the sun and the moon and the stars. And we have fire, which produces natural light. But we also have man-made light, light bulbs. You know, man created a way to make light. But it's still light. Did you know light travels at 186 miles an hour? You know, that light, that's why when you turn that light on, we see the light instantly. It travels, the light waves travel so fast. It is an amazing thing, but light does something. It exposes things, and it reveals things, and it can, it can do a lot. The Bible contrasts often light and darkness. Light standing for God and goodness, and darkness standing for Satan and evil. And so a lot of times uh, we see that contrast in the Bible, but you need to know something Darkness and light are not opposites. Darkness is actually the absence of light. So when the Bible talks about darkness, it's actually talking about the absence of God in a particular situation. Now, this light does something. Darkness can never overcome the light, but the light can overcome the darkness. And the darkness exposes what's there. It reveals something. It shows us the way. It can reveal beauty but it can also reveal ugliness. It can reveal hope, but it can also show us where there's danger. And darkness can never cover the light. You know, so it's a fitting expression that God is referred to as light and that His Word is referred to as light. Now think about what the author says here. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet. You know, here's a picture of an ancient oil lamp they didn't put off a lot of light. You know, you might take that lamp and hold it. It's just basically a little clay uh, bowl with some olive oil in it and a little wick on it, and you light it, and it doesn't give a whole lot of light. But it could, you could see your feet. Now, feet is symbolic in this psalm for where you're at. So the, the Word of God can help you understand where you're at. It can help you understand who God is and, and where you're at in relation to God. But it also says it is a light, it's a lamp for my feet, but it's a light for my path. You know, in ancient times, they often, when they traveled at night, they used a torch. Now, that was a big, huge flame that they carried with them. It put out a lot of light, and you could, you could see a long way with a torch. You know, in modern times, you might think of the lamp as, as a little flame like that, not very much light. But you think of a torch as something like this. And this thing will blind you, you know. And you can see in, when it's dark, this, this flashlight right here, it really helps you see a long way. You can also knock somebody in the head if you come across in the dark with that kind of a, a modern-day torch. But they had, you know, you see what the psalmist is saying. It shows you where you are. It helps you come to terms with who you are and where you are in, as far as God is concerned. But it also shows you the path that God wants you to take 
as you go about your life. You know, I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk, but I know where you should be. You should be listening to God, understanding where you're at, and where God wants you to go. But you have to get into the Word. And you would be amazed if you would get into this Word on a regular basis, if you would start reading just a little section of it each day, think about what it's saying to you. Think about the light it's shining into your life. Think about the light it's shining on the path that God wants you to go, and you would be amazed. But listen to the next part. Here, verse 106 through 110. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. You see, all these different words are for, for God's word, his communication that he's given us. So we must be confident in and dedicate ourselves to this word. We have to follow this word. You know, we, we have to really take the Bible seriously. Now, I know a lot of times people say, well, I try to read the Bible, but I don't understand it. You know, make sure you get a good translation uh, that you can understand, a good English translation. Remember what Mark Twain once said, the famous author. He said, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. And a lot of times we have to realize that we can understand a lot of this book if we just read it and we, we might realize where we're at and that we need to change but we also will be given a path to go, and God will light that path through his word. But look at, as we break down these verses, let's go back and think about verse 106. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. He's saying, I made a commitment to myself. I'm going to try to follow the word of God. Verse 107, I've suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. You know, the Word contains life-preserving wisdom as we go through this, this world we live in. Verse 108, Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth <clears throat> and teach me your laws. You know, you've got to praise God. You've got to love God. You've got you to trust Him. And then His Word will become real to you. Uh, verse 109, Though I constantly take my life in my hands I will not forget your laws you know I'm going through this life trying to make it through but I need to trust that God's word is going to lead me the way I need to go and then verse 110 the wicked have set a snare for me but I have not strayed from your precepts you know though life may have some tough stuff that comes your way hard people to deal with in your life you still have to trust God's Word and go through life His way. So think about that. Be confident in the Word and dedicate yourself to that Word. Now, I know people say, you know, I just don't really have time to read the Bible. Uh, just don't have the time. You know, that's really a priority problem. It's not a time problem. 
You know, think about how much TV do you watch? How much uh, Facebook and Twitter and email and surfing the Internet? Uh, what about if you got up 30 minutes earlier or went to bed 30 minutes later and you took that time to read God's Word and pray and listen to Him? Don't be like the ancient people that Isaiah wrote to in Isaiah chapter 6. God gave Isaiah these words to give to Israel, and it said, Go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of these people calloused, make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Now that's not what God wished for the people. It's sort of Hebrew sarcasm that we talked about. But what he's saying is, that's where these people are. They're not hearing my voice. They're not listening. They're not seeing the words on the page. They are, they are closing their eyes to what message I want to give them. It takes some effort on our part. But he goes on to say, Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. We would be changed if we listen to the Word of God and hear the voice of God as it leads us and shines a light for our journey through this life. Isaiah clearly understood the message of the Lord. He prophesied to Israel at that time, the nation of the Hebrew people, and he said to them, God says this, you're going to find doom and destruction if you don't listen to the voice of God and follow His Word. But if you do... You're going to find joy, and you're going to find peace, and you're going to find prosperity. You know, a lot of people, what they do with the Bible is they just look at it simply as a list of this is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. But the Bible's so much more than that. The Bible gives us an image of who God is, and it shines the light on His Son and helps us know the way that God wants us to travel. Eric Reed was going to seminary. He was very busy. He was working part-time in a church, and it was just a busy time. His house got broken into, and they stole his VCR and his cable box and his remote control and everything that went to his TV. And he was so busy, he said he didn't have time to replace all that. So for several weeks leading up to Easter, he said, with all the final exams I was studying for and all the work I had to do at church, I just didn't have time to watch TV. Even though I love TV, I used to work in, uh, for a TV station and I love the news and sports, and, but I just didn't have time to get my TV fixed and get another cable box. And so I went without TV. But he said, you know what I found out? I had time. I had time to read the Bible, to read God's Word. And as I read, I began to grow closer to God. And I heard God's voice speaking to me and telling me things that I never thought about. He said after that, he and his wife made a point every year when Lent season came about, that's the 40 days leading up to Easter, they would give up TV for Lent. You know, a lot of people give up something for Lent. I give up Brussels sprouts every year for Lent. They, they gave up TV. And he said, for those 40 days, you would be amazed. And listen to what he said in the article. He said, During Lent, 
when we give up TV, we go to sleep a little earlier. We read the Bible more carefully. We talk to each other more deeply. We long for Holy Week to get here and Easter to get here because by that time we're ready for Christ to break our silence however He chooses and we make room by our silence for the Word to resound in our lives. You know, the Word of God is powerful. And God wants to speak to every one of us. And here's our connection. Well, look at verse 11 and 12 first. Your statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy in my heart. Verse 112. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. You hear the word heart? We have to make a commitment of our heart to God that we're going to listen to His Word. Here's our connection. Set your heart to follow the Word of God as you travel through this life and you will find wisdom for the journey. You know, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's the fool that doesn't want God's wisdom. And that wisdom comes to us through the Word of God. He also says over in chapter 9, same book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So this fear of the Lord he's talking about is where we begin so that we can get the knowledge and the wisdom that God wants to bring to us through this Word. Now that fear is not a shaking in my boots of God, although if you don't know God, you probably, if you know who God is, you probably want to be shaking in your boots if you're, if you're not seeking Him. But if you know God, that fear is a healthy fear. It is a respect for God and a desire to draw close to Him and get to know Him, to realize who He is and what He desires for you and in you, and from you, and to do through you as you go on that path. Years ago, there was a doctor. His name was Thomas Lenacre. He lived late 1400s, early 1500s. He was the physician to King George, no, King Henry VII and King Henry VIII back during that time. And he was a powerful man. He started a physician school, well-respected. But in his latter years, he decided to become a priest. Now, in that day, they didn't have... Uh, they just had uh, started getting printed scriptures. But the normal people didn't have Bibles. You know, most of us had several of them. But they didn't have a Bible. Only the priest had the Bible. And only the priest were authorized to teach the Word of God. So when he became a priest, he was given his first copy of the Scriptures. And he began to read the Gospels, and he made a comment to somebody, either these are not the Gospels, or we are not Christians. And he realized he was not living his life according to the Word of God. He did not have the wisdom of God to live by. But you have a Bible. 
You can get it on your phone, on your computer. You can buy copies of it. Heck, we'll give you one if you, if you want it. You have access to the Word. That's the Word that's going to be a lamp for your feet to show you where you are. It's going to be a light to your path to show you where God wants you to go or show you how you're going down the wrong path. And all in all, this Word is going to give you wisdom for the journey. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for the Word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be like the Berean church mentioned in Acts, that they were people of the book, that they studied God's Word. They wanted to know what was in there. They, they judged their lives and everything around them by what you said. And, Lord, you, you are not some big ogre that wants to prevent us from having a good life. On the contrary, you want to use that light to take us down the path that you're going to bless. And so I pray, Lord, that you help us to be people of the book, people that hear your word, people that seek your word, that listen to your word, and people that strive to follow your word and your son, the word made flesh, so that we become all that we can be in this life as we journey toward the next life where we will spend eternity with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.